Welcome back to another T-Rex talk. This is Isaac Watkin, and I'm recording in the car. Hopefully the audio isn't too bad, but there's a gazillion podcasts that record primarily in the car. So now this topic is something that I've been talking to folks on the Gray Man server about. So the, the important part uh, of a community, I'm going to say, is the backbone of the community. And we've been talking about uh, just what it might take to build community, what makes a successful community, what makes a, a community last. This topic isn't really how to build a community. It's uh, one thing that is extremely necessary for a community to be successful. And I was thinking about this uh, after visiting a park Last weekend, we visited a park in Colombia where they have uh, several thousand feet of train track, a really small gauge miniature train track, and then there's a train club, a live steam club that bring miniature locomotives and give rides to all of the kids on the trains. So this right here is a great community building activity, uh, and it was very successful. A huge amount of people actually came out, so much so that we had to stand in line for over an hour to ride on these little tiny trains. And it was obvious that it was bringing together a whole bunch of people from different different areas. So there were the folks who were building the locomotives that had a love of engineering and a love of live steam. Uh, they were reaching out to the community and doing some fun stuff with the kids and teaching history. There were people who were there because it was just a fun thing for families to do together. There were some people who were there because they loved the uh, the history and the freedom of the West and reminiscing about the pioneers building towns ahead of the train lines. Although theoretically there could also have been people there who loved the history of the West, the idea of the powerful railway barons backed by government agents confiscating land from people, you know, that kind of thing. So the trains uh, themselves and the riding on the trains, the building trains, this is all hobby level stuff. Uh, it may or may not connect to a deeper, more serious, more principled love of history, uh, but it, not necessarily. You could just show up, stand in line and ride the trains, which is what, uh, which is what my kids did. And this kind of community activity is really, really helpful, or I would say that it's a powerful muscle for moving people and bringing them together, but it doesn't hold them together. It's, it's a hobby level thing. There wasn't any deep teaching about the really important principles of tools for the purpose of building civilization or important lessons from history. It was just bringing people together at a hobby level. And this is again, a good thing. Getting people together, multi-generationally, uh, you know, old folks building things, talking to young folks about how they work, good conversations. There were a lot of different types of people there, but also like-minded people. I had a great conversation with a guy wearing a Warrior Poet Society t-shirt who was there. Even though it was a wonderful opportunity for community and conversation and relationships, it wasn't necessarily building unity of purpose. And communities really require a strong, unified core ideal for them to be successful in the long term. Let me give you another example. In the late 90s, uh, there were a whole bunch of little tiny communities that came together to prepare for Y2K, the impending Y2K disaster. Now, some of these communities were online communities, some of these communities were in the business world, but I'm specifically kind of talking about the physical homesteading communities that started to build themselves outside of the cities. Now, wanting to build a self-sufficient rural local community was a very powerful unifying core value for the folks who were who were doing this but only as long as the threat of y2k was was looming over them as soon as it was uh, say february or march uh, of the year 2000 a lot of people no longer had that unifying uh, purpose 
in common. And so a lot of people began to kind of trickle out of those communities. Now, obviously, a number of people were more interested in the rural living and the homesteading and the farming and the community thing than, than simply surviving Y2K. Those folks all stayed. They stayed in those small communities. But the people who were only reacting to uh, this one single potential threat, uh, they left. They just trickled back, uh, back to the cities. For a while, it looked like everyone was completely unified with a common purpose, but then it became obvious uh, rather suddenly and dramatically that that was no longer the case. Now, on the other hand, we can look at Amish and Mennonite communities that in some ways look kind of the same, but those have lasted for centuries in the United States. And I'll just take this opportunity to say that I personally believe that the Anabaptist doctrine is technically, uh, theologically wrong. It is based upon some improper interpretations of Scripture. But nevertheless, it is still a much stronger foundation to build on than just, say, farming. A lot of the externals of what you see when you go to an Amish community or a Mennonite community looks like hobby-level stuff. But if old-fashioned farming was the only thing that you needed to hold a community together, then uh, 4-H would be the most powerful organization in the world. Amish communities, once you understand them better, you realize that they are not held together by barn raisings. Um, they're not held together by horse-drawn carriages. Mules are great for pulling plows, but mules do not pull communities uh, together. The backbone of these Amish communities is the unified goal that they have, the why of agriculture, the why they are doing things with horses, why they are helping each other with barns. The why is far more important. That's the, the backbone of these communities, not the how. The how is just the muscle. Now here in Middle Tennessee, where I live, uh, we're close to a few plain folk communities and some different church communities. Uh, we also have an actual hippie commune that is south of us. So we've had uh, some interesting opportunities to look at the way that different communities have coalesced, sometimes around hobby stuff, and then they don't last. But other times around serious common goals. They, they coalesce around a backbone of a of why they're answering they're answering the question of why are we doing this in the same way and those communities have lasted a lot longer core foundational question of why is really the most important thing for a community to coalesce around otherwise you just get together with people who have similar hobbies that you do until you run into things that you disagree about and then you no longer have those things in common, or those things that you have in common no longer are more important than the things that you don't have in common. And I would say that this is true of both physical uh, communities where people have face-to-face -face relationships, but also online communities or even just kind of larger general cultural groups. So the gun community in general is, uh, is a large amorphous blob of people who have a lot of stuff in common, but mostly on the hobby level. Now, from the outside, it looks like uh, all of these these things uh, are things that we have in common. We have common activities. We have common appreciation for, for different types of weapons. We have common, well, maybe we don't call them weapons. We have a common appreciation for different types of physical objects, uh, perhaps we'll say. We have common threats and we have common enemies like, uh, well, politicians. And yet, in within the gun community, the wider gun community, there isn't unification on the why. Why we like guns or why we like specific guns isn't even going to be remotely the same answer from different groups to different groups. That is why there doesn't appear to be deep unity within the gun community, and it's actually kind of silly to expect that. 
Even amongst the uh, conservative gun folks, the people who post George Washington quotes or Thomas Jefferson quotes about the Tree of Liberty all the time, they, they do not have a unified core value that they can agree on. Uh, and again, we're talking about online communities of tons of people, most of whom are anonymous. So I wouldn't expect uh, lockstep unity uh, from those folks, and I'm not disappointed when I don't see it. But I think it does just highlight the need for this, this backbone. Liking guns, that's a powerful muscle for moving people into, you know, going to events and spending time with one another, going to certain YouTube channels and, and subscribing to them. Th those are muscles that move people, but they're not, they're not strong, immovable bones that are necessary for the muscles to do actual work. You know, in the same way that everybody that came to that uh, Colombian park to ride on the trains all like trains, uh, all of us like guns, but the why, the why guns are important is really the backbone of a community. And another thing that, that a community really requires to survive, uh, even if it's an online community, is there needs to be good expectations. People who expect there to be unity when there is no reason to believe that there will be will, will have their feelings hurt. They'll be disappointed that unity isn't there. And the hurt feelings are going to cause less unity than there even wasn't to begin with. So I think two things that are really important for us to take away from this is it's it's really important that we have proper expectations, that we don't get uh, hurt feelings when people who really have no unified core ideology with us uh, end up having a different core ideology. That shouldn't surprise us and it shouldn't lead to hurt feelings. But the other thing is if we're going to try to build a community, that's something that we really need to emphasize uh, and be very, very clear about. Yes, liking guns is a very cool thing, and it provides you the opportunity to talk to people who like guns, uh, but may have different reasons for why. It's a great place to start a conversation. It's a great place to get to know other people, but it isn't necessarily that backbone that a community truly needs. When a community tries to build itself around hobby level stuff because it allows for the biggest possible tent, it's really setting itself up for failure, or at the very least for a very uh, short life. And sometimes gathering people around an external thing for a very short amount of time, like riding on steam trains, is actually success enough. But if your goal is to build a long-term, multi-generational community that can really build civilization into the future, that backbone is an incredibly important thing that you cannot neglect. Now, in our modern, sort of post-modernistic society, there's a tendency, um, or, or even a, an actual stated recommendation, that you never tell people your deep core ideological beliefs. You never try to coalesce folks around uh, the really important objective answers to the, the very deep why questions. You only focus on the superficial. You only focus on the external hobby level stuff because anything deeper than that has the potential to offend people. But this really depends on your goals. If you look at men like Jordan Peterson, Jordan Peterson has built uh, his empire and his fame and uh, the appreciation that people have for him is, is really squarely resting upon his ability to focus on that deeper foundational stuff, the fundamental questions of why. Why do we say this or not say that? He went straight to that. He skipped all the small talk, and people really appreciated him for that. Did he offend people? Yes. Does the media hate his very guts? Of course. But this is a very small price to pay for actually speaking the truth. And 
Jordan Peterson is an example that speaking the truth, while it may win you the hatred of journalists and the intelligentsia, it is actually appreciated by an awful lot of people, and it actually will help you to accomplish your goals. Boldly and fearlessly proclaiming what your goals are strangely enough, actually far more helpful in helping you achieve them than a whole bunch of sneaky cloak and dagger stuff. Now, sneaky cloak and dagger stuff is very effective uh, in destroying and undermining. But if you want to build, if you want to create and build civilization, that's a totally different set of requirements. You need to be bold and clear and upfront about the really important why stuff. You don't trick people into building civilization by being Tom Sawyer and trying to make them think that painting fences is fun. You need to get them on board with that core, important mission. Now, Jordan Peterson's mission is largely something that he seems to be able to accomplish on his own. His writing and his speaking, these are things that, that, he, is, uh, that he is doing. But if you're building a community, that really is going to depend upon an awful lot of teamwork. And so the next, the next uh, really important thing that is required for community building is kind of a, a can of worms. So I'm going to stop this podcast here a little bit shorter than usual, because the next, um, the next thing that's really important after having that backbone, after having that, that foundation, after having that really clear answer, why, that really clear answer to the fundamental why, the, the next thing that you need is some level of, of teamwork and accountability behind that mission. And uh, we'll get into that possibly in the next podcast, uh, possibly after a more uh, gear and gun related podcast. Haven't decided yet what we talk about next.